What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hey Leader Podcast. My name's Hayden. Thank you so much for watching, whether you're watching on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. Go ahead and do something for me. Click that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Share this with a friend. We like to have refreshing conversations with leaders for leaders, and today we're doing that with the one and only Brad Chandler. Brad is the internship director at the chapel right here in Tampa Bay, Florida. I actually first met Brad over the phone when I invited him to come speak at our youth conference in Wilmington, North Carolina, and then he actually broke his arm before the event, sent me this picture, couldn't make it, and so we had to reschedule. I didn't even meet him in person until just a few weeks ago when we both ended up right here in Tampa, my hometown, and uh, was able to hang out with him and some of the team at the chapel. I'm excited for you guys to be able to hear a little little bit about what their church is doing in the Tampa Bay area when it comes to developing leaders in this internship program that they have each and every summer that Brad oversees. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the one and only Brad Chandler. What's up, Brad? How you doing, man? Glad to see you. Hey, Hayden. What's going on, man? It's good to spend some time with you. It's it's awesome, too, that we live in the same city and we're on Zoom. It's an amazing thing. Right? <laughs> we do it's see crazy. each other in person. I was with you a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, me and you've known each other for um, a little while now. We met for the first time in person, though, like a month ago when you invited me up <laughs> to the chapel to hang out. But me and you've known each other from like Instagram, social media, texts back and forth. I know that me and you know each other, but our audience might not know who you are. So if you could, could you just uh, let people listening know who Brad is? Who, who are you? Absolutely. So my name is Brad Chandler. I'm the internship director at the chapel. Um, so just thriving church here in the Tampa Bay area. Been here for about a year and a half. Um, I have uh, about a decade of experience in student ministry and then also um, have led an extension site actually at Southeastern University before uh, I came to the chapel. And so I'm um, really passionate about developing leaders and uh, just cultivating the next generation for whatever they're called to and uh, just helping so that they can go and uh, make a difference in the world. And so, uh, yeah, I'm a dad. Uh, two beautiful girls, yeah. Junia and Isla, married to Stephanie for nine years. She's from Kansas City. I'm originally from um, from North Carolina, Southern Virginia area. And um, yeah, so uh, basically right now, just uh, charging the hill when it comes to developing leaders and still have my hands in student ministry a little bit, probably functionally um, work really as a next-gen guy um, at vacation. And so just a shout out to my lead pastor, uh, Pastor Q and his wife Trish, and uh, just leading a great church here, and honored to be a part of uh, what the chapel's doing. So, yeah, yeah, man, I, I love it, and I, I love. I've always been encouraged by you, encouraged by what you were doing when we were in the same state in North Carolina, and then even now here in the same yeah. uh, the same city in Tampa. One of the big things you do is um, is leadership development. That's a really big oversight of yours just when it comes to y'all strategy for developing leaders and this whole podcast really got birthed out of the whole idea of making leaders better and I think yeah. we're refreshed by hearing how other leaders are becoming better but I love what the chapel does and the intentionality of developing leaders and so really I, I think just to get us going to get kicked off um, I want to talk a little bit about leadership development and so could you just yeah. walk us through like the leaders the leadership development strategy that you guys have at the chapel and then like what that actually looks like because i know y'all are gear getting geared up for like a really intense season of leadership development over the summer for um for, yeah, for your yeah. people so anyway tell me a little bit about what it looks like at the chapel when it comes yeah. to developing leaders 
For sure. So, I mean, I'll kind of start at the 30,000 foot view and then I can come down and, and talk about the internship specifically. But, um, you know, uh, just uh, just as the church continues to grow and, and influence in the community, you know, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, our heart has never been to fill a building. It was never to be a large, healthy church or something. Uh, my pastor says all the time, and it, and it just so happens that, you know, that God's just honored the faithfulness and that uh, that we have grown. And, and any anytime, you know, growth comes, there's there's a leadership development piece to that, because the way that we really see leadership, it's really a stewardship. You know, it, it's when, when when people are sent to you, uh, they're a gift from God. And, and so stewarding their gifts, their talents, you know, the things that God has called them to, not just their spiritual journey, but really seeing that as a major part of their and it really is an honor to be a part of that. And so um, really leadership development happens at a lot of different levels, you know, at our organization, you know, maybe some of your listeners, you know, they may do some type of a first steps class or, or like a growth track where, you know, people discover their gifts and their purpose. And really that's the front door to any kind of leadership development that we would do here at the chapel. It's just really at that lay level um, of mm -hmm. just volunteer leadership. I mean, um, you know, uh, we, we have a strong volunteer culture and, and really we have high level Maybe in other church contexts, they might actually be staff members, but here um, we really just have a strong volunteer culture, thankfully, uh, just because I think people are inspired by the vision and, and moving forward. And so with that just comes a, a, a level of um, care. And, and I think that's something I'd really want to speak to as well, because I think a lot of times when we think about leadership development, we, we think skills development, like that's, that's sort of where we go, you know, yeah. directly. And, and uh, uh, I could, I could get on a soapbox about sort of education theory and a number <laughs> that's just based around like a that's really based around a greek worldview which is it's really around this this concept of okay it's it's skills management it's it's developing it's almost an assembly line type mentality um, but you know when you look at hebrew when you look at hebraic education whether you know you're talking about developing leaders or you're just talking about developing people um really the mark of a great rabbi wasn't to know what he knows but the mark of a great rabbi was to do what he does mm. you know and so that's really what that's what really leadership development is you a leader worth following because I mean I could teach you leadership skills all day long you can read all the Maxwell books and that's fine but really what leadership development is at its core is about doing what the leader does being a model that's worth following and so that's a lot of values character development things hmm. things of that nature and and I think one of the biggest things that I realized in coming to the chapel is like wow our strategy for leadership development is actually built around care more than anything else it, it really is you are caring for people you are shepherding people if you're mm. leading and no one's following you you're not a leader like you might be out there somewhere but it really is about uh, caring for people and so the way we see kind of our organization whether someone's a service team lead whether they're a ministry coach whether they're a coordinator part-time staff like at every layer of the organization we actually see it not just in terms of the bullet points on their job description but mm -hmm. we also see span of care who you know who's caring for who where are people's margin and that type of things and and just really putting people in positions to be able to care for people well because really at its core leadership is about stewardship and so we want to steward every resource whether it's money people and, and so it's really about care and so that's um that's kind of the the big picture um philosophy 
Um, as far as the leadership internship is concerned, it's for high school and college students. And so ages 14 through 24 can uh, participate in it. Um, launched six years ago, I, I didn't launch it. Um, I, I stepped in, it was a really uh, Pastor Q's heart and vision and, and carried out by one of our other staff pastors on, on our team. Uh, started with nine students back in 2014. And um, for the past couple of summers, we've, uh, we, we've had nearly a hundred students participate wow. and be part, of the, be part of the leadership internship. And, and really that comes out of a place of really a next step, but, but, uh, but you know, it's, it, it's any type of investment principle, you know, it's invest early, invest often. And, um, and really Pastor Q's background, you know, he's, he spent a number of years in the marketplace, actually in the music industry before being called into ministry. And, and so I think passionate about the marketplace as well and, and brought some of that leadership acumen to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that, that is one thing that I think differentiates some of what we're doing, just developing leaders as a whole to be sent into any sphere of life and influence. And so, and so yeah, that's what we're doing. It's a summer internship program for now. And um, that really is the seeds of a vision that is to come, which is, you know, a full-time leadership academy or a leadership college yeah. um, extension site, what, what have you. Um, and um, so that's the thing I'm fired up about, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm an, I'm an old, old dog in youth ministry, so I can, uh, I'll get on the porch and bark every once in a while, but I love leadership development. I love working with young people yeah. in that particular context. So, well, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I love what you guys are doing because I, I remember it was a few years ago, we had um, a group of your interns. You weren't on staff yet at the chapel, um, but a few years ago, a group of your, I think it was their fourth year. And so they took a trip or it was their third year. I don't remember what it was, but they came up to, to be, come up and hang out with us at LifePoint. And <laughs> yeah. I, was ho- I was hosting them in Wilmington, North Carolina. And the yeah. whole time I'm, I'm just kind of getting to know them, getting to know their ch- the church a little bit. And I'm, you know, I found out, I was like, oh, y'all are Tampa, you know, and I'm from Tampa and we started to get to know each other. Yeah. And then as I started to hear from these students, um, what they were doing and what they were responsible for and their scope, like of the things they've been taught, I was the whole time. I'm like, why are y'all coming here to learn from us? I want to go there and learn <laughs> from you. And I mean, I, I just say that but I, I really am serious. Like, I mean, especially with what yeah. the chapel is doing in Tampa is amazing. And I'm, I feel, I take a lot of, I feel like a lot of pride in the in the sense that I know a, a lot of what God's doing in, in local church mm-hmm. in my city of Tampa, um, I had no idea about the chapel. And I felt like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. how do I not know of this amazing um, program <laughs> that these students are going through every summer? And so you guys are getting geared up for that season. You're going to have um, interns on your campus going through a program mm-hmm. this summer. Um, you already said it. How many do you, how many do y'all usually like in the summertime? What does that look like? Is it like 10, 12? Yeah. Or is it a big group? I, I know that there were like kids in their fourth year. So there's some structure to year by year. Sure, what does that sure. look like? Yes. Yeah. So students, students can do it up to four years. Many of them, they can start their rising ninth grade year. So about age 14, and then they can do it throughout. So, so most of them really find themselves in, in that high school year. And so a fourth year would be basically a rising senior. Um, and, and really that's just intended to just give them those leadership principles, those foundations that are going to help them be unshakable when they do maybe go into college or anything of that nature. We just had one of our fourth year graduates last year, um, shout out Kimberly Widger. She just got accepted to West Point Leadership Academy. And so she's going to be shipping wow. off to that pretty soon, which is pretty, pretty fun. And, and so, yeah, I mean, but, you know, you have also students who, um, you know, maybe they're at a Bible college or they're at a Christian university and, and they will actually use our internship as their practicum, as their summer, you know, as part of their, their course load. And so they'll come in and maybe do one summer with us. Um, 
And so it's really a variety of different students. We have others who are just looking for that hands-on experience and are able to carve out some margins. So we really try to try to be nimble and fit the needs of the students. Um, but but yeah, I mean, just just back to what you were saying too, it was one of the things that just blew me away when I, I stepped in, you know, to because I I really can't take credit for it. I just signed up to lead it, and yeah. I uh, <laughs> it's just incredible. I mean, one, one of our fourth year graduates last year, she has no formal education outside of our internship. He is our production director for our entire week, and everything you see here, like visually, cameras, everything. Uh, that's run by a 20-year-old girl, Lauren McClelland, and she's a graduate of our internship. And we, we have wow. just other, other people on our staff that have come up through through the internship. Some of them, um, you know, have even, you know, gone back and maybe done their degree online or gotten their degree in a Christian university. And they've even admittedly said, like, yeah, it was valuable. I'm glad I have my college degree. And that's just with us doing a summer thing. I mean, I, I can't wait until, you know, when, when we really have that long-term commitment of really being able to build a student's worldview and their character over over the course of, of several years so yeah yeah and so I mean, we're gearing up for the summer and uh and uh yeah it's a uh, it's coming fast i'm excited let's go well and so students when whenever they're looking to be a part of this are they applying is that how that works do they send yeah, an application yeah, yeah. to you guys it, yeah exactly i mean you know up until this point a large majority of our students you know have come up through the student ministry or really called the chapel home but we've really started to spread our wings now and really starting to invite other students you know from from different states and and you know working out um, different opportunities for them to actually be with us is with us here. So we do have some students participating from other churches, um, but uh, but we're just sort of starting to 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 crack that and and spread our wings and healthy culture. Now it's like okay, we we feel comfortable, you know, inviting and taking that next step. Just you know, step by step. You know, something our pastor says all the time is that you know your credibility is built on the success of your decisions, and so we're we're really mm. big about. If we're going to, if we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't want to overextend ourselves and let vision outpace our ability to deliver. Cause I, I think it can be easy to talk a big game. And, and it's, it's funny with the leadership development thing too, Hayden, you know, you're, you're just saying, you know, cause I think, you know, maybe a lot of people are, are asking, well, maybe I want to start an internship or I want to do leadership development, or maybe I can start a leadership college. And I, and I would say, I think anybody can, I think really it's just about discerning whether or not you should you know, back to, you know, should every youth ministry launch a youth conference? You know what yeah, I mean? Probably not, there's, a, no. there's a lot of, there's a <laughs> lot of guys that want to, that want to do the youth conference thing. Like they want to launch their and invite other churches. Cause maybe that's what their buddies are doing or people of influence that they see that they admire, like, Oh, you know, VU conference or Zoe conference or whatever. Um, but, but I don't think every student ministry is, is called to lead a youth conference. And I think in the same way, I don't know that every church is, 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 is really, um, you know, called necessarily develop leaders at, at a high level. They are called to the Great Commission. They are called to care and shepherd people and raise them up in the Lord and help them know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. But leadership development, it's kind of that, it's, it's, it, you've really got to take that seriously because for many of these students, if they're doing it for their college, I mean, they're entrusting you with their college years. You know what I yeah. mean? I think definitely the level that you guys are doing it at, I think that's definitely something that you have to count the cost on. If you're a director of a ministry or an organization, really ask yourself, are we going to really do this? Are we really going to put um, our money where our mouth is? And with, yeah. for lack of a better term, but really just be able to put the effort and the energy in to make it happen. Now, I do think that every, every church, every leader is responsible for that spot of yeah. what you talked about at the beginning, the stewardship side. Like you are a steward. Yeah. Yes. of people so you're whether Absolutely. you like it or not 
as a leader, you're developing a leader that's underneath you. Yeah. Like whether you like Absolutely. it or not, you might develop some bad leaders. <laughs> you might develop some good leaders. And so, yep. but I think the level of intentionality, you really do need to count the cost. Are we going to make this some summer 12-week program? Is this going to be a year-long thing? And that's what I love about you guys. I mean, I would think a lot of churches at y'all's level would maybe sometimes just jump in and dive into just trying the year-long thing and wanting to rush yep. it. And uh, maybe yeah. would end up failing or having to, it wouldn't be everything that you yeah. want it to be. And so I love what you have said that you're like, I, we want to count the cost. We want to make sure that if we, if we say we're going to do something, we're going to, we're going to mm -hmm. under promise and over deliver, not over promise yeah. and under deliver on something like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and with that said, I mean, I think that it, you do have to count the cost because it can be incredibly damaging to a student. If you run them hard, you know, in a leadership development kind of context and you're not, you don't have systems in place to really care and shepherd them through their stuff. Because again, uh, you know, people say, oh, wow, you know, dozens and dozens. That must be nice. That must be awesome. No, no, no. It's more work. Like, yeah. let me be clear. Anytime you're inviting people in and developing, I mean, if there's, you know, there's an old, old uh, uh, quote from, from John Calvin. He wrote to a, to a, French, uh, a French seminary one time, and, and, and he said, you know, if you'll send us wood, we'll send you arrows. You know, and, and what he's really saying there is, is really the work of leadership development is this idea of you're getting the raw materials. You're getting that wood with the splinters, the nails, the mess, all of those things. And, and, and I think a lot of times, like, we, you know, you can dive into a leadership development program going, hey, you know, where are the good leaders? Where are the good leaders? Not realizing that it's actually your job and your responsibility to develop them and, and to shape them into those arrows to be you know, shot into the world to, to mm. make a difference. But even, even the guys and girls that are, you, you just know are called to vocational ministry, the next youth pastor, the next worship pastor, you have no idea the amount of wounds, the amount of pain, the amount of just that there are family scripts, these things that are just deep layered inside of them that to have to work through to really get, because again, skills, all of that stuff, you can, you can train someone's you know, skill acumen, but, but developing the attitude, the character development, helping them work through their shame, helping them work through all those things. That's the, that's the hard work. That's where you get the splinters in your hands and you, you gotta be, you gotta be ready for that stuff, man. And it's, it's a lot. It, yeah. it is a lot, you know? No, it, it is. But, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's yeah. a, I remember even we, we would over the summers as a student ministry, we had an internship program and, um, and I remember the first year I did it, I, we had, we had a whole plan. We had you know, three days of the week that we were going to have um, activities and you don't realize the amount of, the amount of work that the little things take, just the, the transitions, just the like lunch, like conversations, the weight of the, of the, the fact that you're developing leaders. Yes. But you've taken on a whole nother level of time with these students than your, yeah. you know, small group once a week and then your service once a week. I mean, it's summertime yeah. and they don't have school. This is what they're doing is they're all in on this, yeah. on this internship yeah. and uh, you're with them all the, all that time. So talk a little bit about the, the practical of like the day to day, like what, cause I know that last year you just came on staff and it was COVID. Like you had to do a leadership development yeah. summer during right. COVID. And I know that looked like not ideal at all. 
Um, but tell us yeah. first off a little bit about what that looked like when you got here when last year, that journey yeah. of, of trying to develop leaders in the midst of COVID. How did y'all even do that? What, what were some wins and obviously what were the hard parts? And then tell us this summer, what is this summer going to look like practically like day to day? What is, what does it look like? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, ideally the, the program is really built on, you know, four, four different, you know, pillars. Number one is just the leadership classes, you know, so really there is an academic, you know, piece to it. Uh, one of the guys who teaches our, our first year uh, team player essentials class, uh, his name's Todd Hawkins. He's the CEO of Office Pride, which is a, you know, he has about 150 franchises all across the Southeast. It's, a, it's a, actually a commercial cleaning company. And, uh, but, you know, he, he speaks a different business you know seminars and and conferences and a number of different things but he just he just loves the chapel and it's actually the one words at the church you know it's guys like that that you know they're they're willing to jump on first impressions right they're willing to jump on a camera every once in a while but you want to engage those high level and that's actually a big win for us too is it's not just for the students but it's engaging these high level business leaders who are very yeah. influential in our city and and saying hey we want to make sure that the time you're giving to our church that there's an ROI on that because your time is valuable, you That's know? Good. And, and so, um, you know, I, I heard Lee Domingue say this, who leads the legacy team at church of the Highlands, you know, uh, he, and you know, we sat down with, with him and, and Chris Hodges, pastor Chris, and, you know, one of the things he said is that, you know, the, the local church pastor, that church planter in a city and the local church businessman, their destinies are intertwined and they need each other to really unlock the purpose that's on them. Because truth is, is that launching a church in a city, you're going to need the, you're going to need the connections and the resources that that business guy has, but that business guy is not going to really be able to live out a life of eternal impact without the kingdom influence of the church. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's something that, that we really, really celebrate. We just try to say, Hey, who's leading at a high level at our church. And so one of our, another one of our classes, we're introducing this year is just a personal finance class. And um, it's a guy teaching it. He's, he's actually, uh, you know, uh, a coach on our first impressions team, but uh, we, we found out earlier this year, Oh, he's the vice president at JP Morgan. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> I had no idea that he's leading at such a high level and he's been looking for, how do I use this? Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing this thing in the marketplace, but I don't know how this translates to the church. And I'm like, Oh, I got something for you, buddy. And, and so He's going to be teaching our, our just some basic financial principles, and uh, you know we linked into um, uh, uh, Kirk Ramsey, and and uh, you know he's going to be teaching some of that. It's different than financial pieces, actually, at college level, a larger course, and and so the, you know those classes are just uh, you know, and some of our staff, whether we're teaching communication or we're just teaching habits and attitudes, I mean, so so there is a classroom component to it. The second part is the ministry experience. So we design different workshops, different um, hands-on um, projects. We have a couple of capstone type things. Basically, they pull off our our day camp for your this kids year, ministry, the theme, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. kids ministry. So, so that's all hands on deck. And so this year, it's like a dude perfect theme, like the the trick shots and stuff. Oh, that's and so, cool. Um, so we'll probably have a have a thousand kids from our community come and be a part of that. And and so our our interns are front and center making that whole thing happen. Uh, whether they're leading worship, whether they are you know doing check in, whether they're doing the creative, building sets, all of those pieces. Um, and so we have a couple of other workshop based stuff too, where 
you might be learning some basic communication skills, how to get in front of a camera, how to, you know, how to, uh, you know, work off of a teleprompter, you know, how to develop, you know, um, projection and speech and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, and then we also have just different tracks as well. So whether it's kids ministry, student ministry, tech, like production arts, um, ministry leadership or worship, they can, they can basically pick a track um over the course of the summer and then and then we have you know curriculum you know work built off of that and projects for them to be able to to serve on the weekend so that's a lot so that uh i'll 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 get to the 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 second two pillars as well but if you have any questions on those things yeah so the well i was just gonna say uh i think a lot of churches one of the pillars that you talked about was the second one tell me this tell me what you call that again what do you call that again it's just yeah, just just ministry experience, just so the mini- ministry experience. So the hands-on yeah, ministry experience. experience. A lot of the time, the hands-on ministry experience is the one component that other churches yeah. that I know of that focus on. Right. And and right. that that's and the reason is is that it's an amazing sell to the staff to say, hey, we can find volunteers for you and interns <laughs> that can help yeah. you with all of your giant events this summer. I mean, from VBS to youth camps to. Um, to women's conferences, men's comp, different events that happen all summer, mission trips. Uh, the summer's packed with those, and so the internship does serve a great purpose in that season of the church's like calendar. But it is like the major focus, and I think the second part of that is so good of that pillar is that you're actually training up students on how to lead in those environments. It's like, hey, how do you how yeah. do you speak? to a group of people? <laughs> How do you lead a team meeting? Um, and giving them this yeah. practical application um, to the leadership that you're asking them to do, not just throwing them in the deep end and say, hey, swim and don't look terrible doing it, you know? And yeah. so I, I love that. That's really, really cool. And I, and I think that that's where you, you have to be careful with, uh, you know, if you are feeling, you know, um, a tug toward being an internship director or stepping into that position. And a lot of times, that person that might be a cross function they may be doing something else you know when yeah. i when i was an internship director you know basically our, our program director leading our extension site at our previous um location our previous church i was also a student pastor as well and, there, and there's a there's a level of lateral influence that you have to be able to have with your teammate teammates as well because everybody wants interns right to pull yeah. off their event but you also have to be careful that that's not used as a crutch um, because those those ministry leaders are still responsible for building their teams. You know, what we're coming in with the internship support, that's supplemental. And when you're signing up to have interns, you're actually not just signing up to, you're not signing up to have free work labor. You're signing up to develop students, to develop leaders. And so what, what has to happen is there has to be a little, and, and, it, and it can be delicate, especially if you've got your foot in two worlds, because you, you can't be a hypocrite. You got to make sure that you're not using them for your ministry either. Um, yeah, just, exactly. Just, you know, with no intentionality. And so one thing that we do is I actually, every one of our ministry leads, I sit down with them and we work through that syllabus, every, every lesson, every project that they're going to be working through for the summer, just so that there's no curveballs, we know what they're working toward. And, and so, that's with that specific track. So that's like the, yeah, so yeah. like you sit down with, if their track is children's, I'm guessing that's a track, right? It's sure. Potentially sure, or yeah. worship. You're sitting down with that children's lead or whoever's going to oversee mm-hmm. the interns in that track. And y'all are walking through, Hey, this is what they're going to do. You're not just saying, Hey, have something for them to do and trusting that they're going to have it. You're actually helping yeah. your staff saying, Hey, let's, let's, here's some checks and balances. Let's look at their schedule this summer and make sure that we have everything, everything good. Yeah. 
because not every not every ministry lead is necessarily gifted in that area. They're, they they can be high execution people that are just used to getting the weekends done. They have they have management type principles, but they're not necessarily you know in that mode of always developing leaders. And so it is a different gear that you have to get them to because you know sometimes those ministry leads it's it's the weekend, the weekend, the weekend, and to get them to slow down long enough on a Tuesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon to say, hey, no, regardless of whatever it might execute for your ministry, great. That's that's sort of the cherry on top. But it but it really is about in that moment, what can we help do? So, I mean, a good example would be like our worship team. I mean, like our worship track. I mean, it, it's it's one of our, our best tracks because we have an excellent team and 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 they certainly teach them theory. They teach them things like, you know, building out loops. They teach them, you know, uh, they'll break into instrumentation and, you know, and, and they'll go through some of those things. Um, they, they actually evaluate a weekend experience. So basically they'll play back everything from the weekend and they'll teach them the principles of evaluation. Here's how you understand feedback loops. Here's how you really dig into, oh, we need to tweak this. We need to tweak that. And that's a marketplace skill that regardless of, you know, what sphere of influence they go into, you have to know how to evaluate something. And so that's one of the ways that we're not necessarily worship leaders, though that is a great byproduct, but we're also through those tracks able to teach these these transferable skills that are going to be helpful to them, regardless of what sphere of influence they go into. And I love that. I mean, I love that you said that at the very end too, about how these things translate to the marketplace. So I think that's something that's missed by a lot of church leaders is, Hey, the skill set that you're requiring of your staff and of your, of your volunteers, those skills that you're trying to teach them to, to whether it's, whether it's leading worship, whether it's leading a team, a lot of it translates to the marketplace. Um, and so that was one of the questions I had, I had sent you was, and I think we had talked about this at lunch when I was over there um, a few yeah. weeks ago, was just talking through, like, is there a place for the church when it comes to developing leaders? What if the church was developing leaders for the marketplace, not just the church? Well, I, I think what really we have to start with is, you know, why do we see this big divide between the marketplace? I think a lot of it is rooted in a much deeper thing of this divide between sacred and secular. Hmm. That if it has to do with marketplace and money and you know entrepreneurship and all these things, that that, that that that's somehow the secular world. But then ministry, you know, and building the local church and some of the principles there, that's somehow you know you know purely sacred. And and I think what's important to come back to is is that. You know, certainly we go out, you know, into all the world, make the make disciples, you know, baptizing them, you know, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. But I think we we have to be careful to not forget the first commission, which the the very first command in, in scripture that, that God gives to to man, you know, is Genesis 128. It's God blessed them, said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and then it says, govern it. Now, you can break that down a lot of different ways. Sometimes it says subdue it, sometimes rule it, but really it comes back to that word of stewardship. It's about stewarding wherever it is that you're placed. And this is before there's a local church. This is before there's buildings. This is before there's youth ministry. This is before any of these things. Just say, no, no, no. Your life is about stewarding the sphere of influence that you are placed into. And it's funny that you ask that question like, hey, you know, what does the church have to do, you know, with, with educating things like, you know, market, you know, the marketplace. And I, I, I think of this quote from uh, uh, Dr. Christian Overman. He's a, he's a Christian worldview expert. And one of the things I, I heard him say, he's like, what does school have to do with education? 
And, and, and that kind of breaks your brain a little bit because you're like, wait a second, school education isn't it the same thing. Well, it depends on which worldview you're coming from. If you're coming from a Greek worldview, then certainly Plato and Socrates and Aristotle, all of those different pieces, that's where, that's where the, you know, the center of knowledge is. But the way a Hebrew would, would have seen that is, no, actually, education should start in the home. Education mm. is about developing the whole person, whether they're an apprentice in a business, whether they're in public life, whether they're a priest, whether they're, you know, a blacksmith, whether they're a shepherd, whatever it may, may be, it's about the education of the whole person. And I think that that's where we've, where we've gotten off somewhere is that we think that maybe the marketplace or, or leadership development, that there's, there's sort of that sector. And then the church kind of lives over here in, in ministry development. But really, I, I just think like as the church, we're called to make disciples and we have to not just live out the great commission, but the first commission, which means... I actually have a responsibility to make sure that, okay, someone's leading their family well about educating the next generation about how to be a good family man or a family woman. I, church leadership is a part of that. That's another sphere of influence. Other spheres of influence might be business. It might be education. It might be arts and entertainment, which by the way, I think our worship track prepares for that because some students, they may go into a creative or an artistic field, not necessarily leading worship, but when you're teaching principles about modesty and you're teaching principles about excellence and you're teaching these basic leadership, that translates to the marketplace as well, building teams. I mean, media, government, however you look at it, I mean, there really is all these different spheres of influence. And so I just, I, I think that, um, you know, it just, it depends. And maybe we're unique in that way and how we're approaching it because I, I know some leadership colleges or, you know, ministry colleges, church-based internships, they are focused on ministry leaders. And that's mm -hmm. great. If they're all about the local church, I think that's great. But for us, we're just, we're just really passionate about, you know what? I, I just think that, you know, the, the church is not periphery to the world, you know, mm. like we, we really have something to say because we're like, we're the people of God. Like we, I think that we have, you know, we have something to, to say about developing the next generation, wherever it is that they're called. And I think that that has really opened a, um, a really cool door for us. Uh, just what I'm able to see, you know, especially coming back to those marketplace leaders who are able to speak into the, you know, to the internship, they're able to, you know, they're actually able to contribute something that maybe they're doing for a living, but they're actually able to make a kingdom impact. And um, we've just seen students really just launch out and do some pretty, pretty amazing things Definitely. as a result of just some of those principles that they learned early on, you know? So, but yeah, and I, th I think the really good question is, is it intentional or not? Because the reality is every church yeah. is developing leaders for the marketplace. If you have a student ministry, you're developing leaders for the marketplace. You just might not be developing them well. So yeah. You really have to ask yourself as a church, yeah. do we have, do we have a plan? Is there a plan to, to give our students yeah. skills yeah. that they're going to need in the marketplace? Because they're going to the marketplace. That's where they're going if they're not coming on staff at your church. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, that's what I respect yeah. so much about what you're doing. And I think we had started to kind of wrap a little bit about mm -hmm. just some of the dreams that you guys had um, just for that, to develop leaders, not only for, for the church, but to develop leaders that are going to make an impact in the marketplace. And what it, I think what it does is it is a return on investment. It does have a good ROI for the people in your church that are business leaders because they see it as their pipeline. 
that their church is their leadership pipeline. Just like you guys have one, they have one and yeah. they get to call the chapel that third party that develops leaders for them and with them. And I love that. The, I didn't even know that you brought on volunteers at that level that are teaching your interns and that, you know, that education piece. Um, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So cool. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, and again, you're talking about folks with busy schedules, you know what I mean? Who may not definitely. be able to lead even a full class or they may not be able to lead a group over the course of a semester, but they can come in for one session and, you know, really just download something. And that, and, and it's just, it's, it's been incredibly positive. And honestly, um, the biggest sell is to parents, you know what I mean? I mean, at the end of the day, these students on, on board, it's the parents. Like I'm on the phone with parents more than I am with students yeah. um, because they see the value that it, that it adds to their students' lives. And when you start dropping stuff like, Hey, we're going to teach them how to like interview, like how to get a job. Like we're going to teach them some of these foundational things that are going to be valuable for them. I mean, just, you know, even the finance class, if I can, if I can save a student from making a poor you know, the second largest financial decision, be the second biggest financial mistake of their life in, in taking huge student loans to go yeah. to a four-year college. If I can save them from doing that just because they were in my personal finance class, then man, that's a, that's a win. And I, I think this is a whole other can. I don't know if we want to get into, but I, I think what, you know, what's happening with internships and apprenticeships are really, really interesting. And it is the next wave. I think we really have a crisis on our hands, the upcoming, the student loan debt issue that is, yeah. uh, that's going to really be happening in our country and our world. Just the amount of debt that millennials and early Gen Zers have taken on. And I think that in the next 20 years, you're going to really see a shift where the brand of college is really only a 50-year phenomenon. The brand of college is not going to be the sure thing um, that was sold to, sold to us, essentially. And you're already seeing it. I mean, one of yeah. the markers of Gen Z is that they, they're hacking in education. Like, they're finding ways to, to, to patchwork and get technical skills. I mean, you're a perfect example of that. I mean, your ability yeah. to, 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 you know, creatively piece together and really carve out, you know, what you're, what you're doing right now with the ministry coaching and that type of thing. I mean, that real spirit is more commonplace in Gen Z than, than really ever before. And I think that right now they're wising up to, man, it, it, the ROI of a four, and listen, I believe in higher education. I absolutely do. I'm a product of it. But I think that it's going to get really interesting over the next couple of decades. And I think the universities, you know, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I used to lead a Southeastern University, you know, extension site. So I'm a big fan of them. But I, I think those universities that have started partnering with uh, businesses or churches or internship programs, throwing the weight of their accreditation behind that. I think those kind of schools that are really being innovative in those type of ways and seeing the, seeing the next wave. It, it really, they're really setting themselves up well for the future because it's, it's going to, it's going to get really, really interesting when that, because it, it's coming. It's not a matter of if the, the student loan crisis, when these loans default, it's a matter of when and, and, you know, type of a crisis, it will, you know, it will mm -hmm. really shift. And then the pandemic just accelerated all of it. And what's interesting is a lot of those, uh, a lot of those colleges that had, you know, apprenticeship type things that were set up for remote learning and that type of thing. Uh, it allowed them to be pandemic proof, you know, yeah. through, you know, throughout this, uh, this whole crazy thing. And so, um, and you're, you're already seeing just even in, you know, I would really encourage, you know, or people who are interested in, in developing leaders to, to maybe stretch outside of just reading 
you know, literature around ministry development, but really read about some of the innovative things that are happening in the education space right now, because you, you hear it talked about at kind of a high level, but there are some innovative things that are happening throughout, you know, throughout the country, these charter schools and different things that are happening. And, and just, and, and I think that there's something to learn about that. And a lot of it, what I'm seeing is some of these new innovative things. And I go in and I actually study Hebraic education. And I look at the way things were done in a rabbinic method. It's shocking, maybe not so shocking, but it, but it really is crazy how similar they are. It's almost That's interesting. That it seems new and innovative, but there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. And there really seems to be a return to that. You know? Yeah. And I, I, I think, um, if you have any of those resources, send them to me. I'll put them in the show notes so that people can can see them um, and any of those that you just yeah. were thinking of. Um, well, I think I'll, it, I'll just give you something really practical. I'll just give you something really practical really quick. I mean, there's the idea of the flipped classroom. You know, it used to be that, you know, basically there would be a lecture that would be given and then students would go home with a, with a, with homework that was supplemental, you know, to, to whatever they were learning. And really that, that, that was sort of a traditional classroom method. Now you're seeing a lot of schools implement, uh, I'm actually going to give you, you know, something to, to, um, to, to read or to dig into or to research. And I want you to come to class tomorrow, basically with a formed opinion. And you're going to take this side and this side is going to take, you know, this side of the debate and you're going to teach it to me. And what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to be more of a facilitator. I'm going to be a tour guide through helping navigate some of these different things. And so rather than me just giving you the information, I'm going to teach it to me and I'm going to help you interpret it. Why is that important? Gen Z doesn't need you for information. They have all the information yeah. that they need inside of their phone. What they need are seasoned guides, people who can help them interpret that information. And when you really study the art of the flipped classroom, ooh, man, it sounds a lot like the way Jesus taught. Yeah. It sounds a lot like you start thinking about just just the, that rabbinical method, the conversational based oh, yeah. stuff. And it's just it's just interesting to hear sort of secular educators like, oh, you know, these innovative practices. But when you really look at the way the, the Hebrews were poor philosophers, but they were great educators, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so it was it was really it's 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 really fascinating. And um, I just nerd out over that stuff. So it is sorry. definitely. <laughs> a, no, it is. Def, no, you, you know, you don't need to apologize. It's great stuff. And I think Jesus taught the exact same way. And I think he referenced it. I mean, how many times did he actually answer a question? He usually answered a question with a question. And it sounds yeah. funny. And it's like this frustrating, like, I would be, you know, you're frustrated as, as a student, you're like, okay, I want the answer. Um, but yeah, exactly. Gen Z doesn't need, they don't need our answers. Um, they can find the answer to the information they're seeking out on Google, on their phone. What they do need is someone not to tell them what to think, but how to think. And and to guide them in yeah. that process of how to how to properly process information, um, I love it. So I I, I kind of as we close, I I could probably keep going on this, and I have way more questions that I'll ask yeah. you offline. And if anybody wants to follow you and connect with you, um, we'll put that all in the show notes where they can find you. But just the last thing yeah. I want to do, we've been doing. I've been, I did this with Noah last week. I'll do it with you too. Just like what are some things 
like right now, like some fresh thoughts. We're just call this segment fresh thoughts. Just some things right now that you're learning that are new, maybe something you're reading. Um, it sounds like we've already gotten a little bit of that, but just what are some things right now that are kind of fresh on your head right now? Some things you see on the horizon maybe, uh, but just some things that are occupying your mind right now, things that you're thinking through that you're seeing um, and learning, even maybe your journey with Jesus, maybe you're just seeing in pop culture and trends in the world uh, that maybe we could talk a little bit about, but what are some of those fresh, fresh thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I would just come back to some of the things like what I'm doing, just studying education models, because even though I'm, even though I'm in a mix, like, I mean, I, I do serve on staff at a church. I mean, I'm, I'm doing weekend ministry. I'm still, like I said, we're still doing, we're still building teams, raising up leaders, student groups, like doing, doing all the things that youth ministry does. But I, I, I think that, you know, that I'm, I'm really finding a lot of fresh ideas and fresh wells from, you know, looking at some of the innovative things that people are doing in the education space, um, you know, in whether it's in inner city or even even just things, the school that LeBron James launched, you know, a couple of years yeah. ago, like the, the U Promise School and, and just some of the things that are happening on those levels. And, and I think a lot of times, like, you know, ministry leaders, we, we, we kind of, it, it becomes a very small circle. And, and you're all sort of fishing from the same pond and the, that those wells of ideas, they dry up pretty quickly. And I would just encourage people to maybe, you know, get outside of your, you know, immediate box of, you know, some of the ideas that might formulate the next one. Do believe that with some of these shifts, I think that we're, we're starting to see some of the innovation in student ministry, but I think we're really in, in store for a radical shift. And I don't think it's necessarily just the next latest app or the next latest like kind of model youth or ministry or whatever. But I, I think that there's something really deep. There's going to be a, um, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. And that's the thing I can't quite my, put my finger on because I'm just kind of going, God, you know, what's it look like, you know? And um, one of the things I, I did, I, I did bring a book today, um, Marching Off the Mat by uh, Tim Elmore. Um, he is a, he's a Gen Z expert. And uh, he, he leads an organization called Growing Leaders. And this is a really, it's just an incredible book that really just talks about, you know, um, inspiring students to navigate the, the world that's ahead of them. And, and uh, this was published a, a couple of years before 2020. And then he's updated some things. Uh, he just did another book called The Pandemic Population. Oh, that's good. You know, he's an educator at heart, but also speaks from a ministry context. And it he talks a lot about digital and image-based learning and a number of different things that are super interesting. And I'm just a big fan of Tim Elmore. We use a lot of their, uh, we use their Habitudes curriculum, you know, throughout, um, throughout our internship. And that's a great resource if someone is wanting to try out a summer program or maybe do like a leadership group. I really recommend, you know, starting with something. Don't feel like you got to start with something from scratch, man. Learn how to, how to play the violin before you're composing it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's learning how to master that art. And, um, and so with that, uh, you know, of course, the conversation right now is around Gen Z, but, um, you know, our first Gen Zers are entering the workplace this year. And that's going to be the conversation for the next, you know, five to 10 years, certainly. But then I think about my kids, um, which right now the term Gen, Gen Alpha, these are going to be the kids who are um, largely shaped as a result of, you know, post-pandemic and pendulum mm. swing when it comes from generation to generation. And so I'm already sort of thinking about, man, what are the, the major markers of what's going to shape that generation? And, um, and so those are the things I'm just kind of hot on right now and just thinking through um, and that I'm fired up about. And so, um, 
Yeah. I love it. No, I love it. And that's so that's helpful. So cool. And you gave, I think you gave a lot of us um, some homework, just some of those resources to go just read and just dive into. Um, I'm definitely inspired when I hear you talk, just thinking through um, how, how did Jesus educate? And how, how, how did, how, how was education done back then? And then to take that and then look at it now and look at us as the church and as leaders ourselves, and be like, how am I leading and how am I educating those underneath me um, and, and developing those that I've been responsible to steward their leadership growth, man. I love it. This was so helpful. So refreshing. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. If you could. Um, Thanks so much tell- for the invite. Yeah, man, I, I'm, this is, this is a gift to me. I mean, like everything that you're saying is exactly why I'm doing the podcast is like, I just want, I go. wanted, I wanted people to be refreshed by conversations yeah. with leaders. You're a leader developing leaders and you're yeah. a student of it. And I, I love it. Um, if you could do something for me, kind of give everybody where they can find you um, just so that yeah. a lot of the stuff that you talked about, they can kind of watch your journey this summer um, with the internship. Yeah. I know you're pretty active on Instagram. Do you have a YouTube yeah. or a po- I, then you guys have a podcast actually, if you want to plug that too. So yeah, you can, you can hit me up on Instagram, any social media feed, just BK Chandler. And, um, and so you can put that in the, in the show notes um, as well. Twitter, I'm basically just live, live tweeting basketball games. And so if you want to get some of my hot takes there, I've yeah. got hotter takes than Skip Bayless on when it comes to NBA basketball. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> so you, you can hit me up there. I do host a leadership podcast with our, our lead pastor, um, Pastor Mark Codrochi, but we call him Pastor Q. Uh, he's an Italian from Brooklyn. And so it's 10 minutes. So X, that's the 10, 10 minutes. Um, and basically the way it feels is you're on a subway platform and you've only got 10 minutes to jam about leadership. And you just bump it in, you know, to somebody that has, uh, you know, 30 years of leadership experience and, you know, both the ministry and the marketplace. And, um, and so that's the way it feels it, really it, fast. It a, yeah, but it's good off, off the cuff, kind of a raw type feels the really different type of leadership podcast. Cause let's be honest. I mean, you know, shout out Carrie Newhoff. We love you, man. But hour and 45 minutes that's a lot that's a lot of time yeah and, uh, and we're, we're on the move and so you know we just figured hey what if we just kind of gave these bite-sized things these 10 minute episodes every once in a while we break the rule but uh but 10 minutes is usually what you can expect and so you can um you can check that out wherever podcasts are heard cool apple podcast we haven't quit yet so you know keep going (laughs) keep keep going um no i I love it man and i love everything that you guys are doing and uh with the basketball takes did you see the blake griffin behind the the back throw to pass the other night i'll show it and post on right no no no, yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah the five where five guys touched it then he threw it off the backboard so who's your who's your pick to win this whole thing at the end nba Okay, if healthy, I think it's it's LeBron's to lose. LeBron James. I'm concerned about their health. I think um I think you can't sleep on the on the 76ers. Nice. I'm telling yeah. you their defense is really really uh staffed to cause people problems and it it's it's really really uncertain. I think that there's there's been some there's more talent in the league than there's ever been and it it's really really fun to watch. I think um I think Milwaukee nice you know they they've really gone through the school of hard knocks and they've had some disappointing things you know happen to them the past few years but I think you can't sleep on them at all but I I think it's LeBron's to lose I think health is just going to be their biggest concern and um, we'll see what happens I'm a Hornets fan so I'm just excited that we're in the play-in game that's crazy uh, yeah you know what I mean. Dude, it's it is crazy. I tried to be a Hornets fan when I lived in North Carolina, and I just kept. <laughs> it's tough. I just I was it was it was tough. And then I moved I moved back to Tampa, and we are we're crushing it. And Tampa needs an NBA team. 
and I think it's going to happen. Yeah, well, in the next we had the years. Raptors this year, I guess. I yeah, know yeah, it's so. amazing, but it's like COVID, <laughs> and there's like two people in the room, so it's super awkward. But anyway, that's besides that's the point. Right. But man, thank you so much for jumping on this. Cool. I really cool. appreciate you. Um, we'll yeah. talk soon. All right. Talk soon, man. Thank you so much, Brad, for being on the podcast this week. And thank you listeners for making it to the end of the video. I hope it was refreshing for you. If it was, go ahead and like this video right now, share it with a friend and click that subscribe button for me. Uh, A lot of you watch this video. Don't click the subscribe button. Just subscribe. It makes things a lot easier for everybody because we come up with a new episode each and every week. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next week.